Thank you for listening to this message from Five Stones Church and Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information about Five Stones Church, visit us online at fivestonesga.com. Take your Bibles, turn with me to Paul's writing to the Corinthians. And that means let's go to the first Corinthian writing, the first letter, first Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 15. I know sometimes when we have moments where we're kind of interrupted. Man, that worship was good, though. Y'all, y'all, y'all tight now. I love our worship team. I appreciate them very much. And uh, I have an assignment today. I've had an assignment for two weeks, and uh, I haven't got to it, so I'm getting to it today if you'll give me a few minutes. My assignment is how can I help you win, and how can I help you unleash the warrior within you? How can I help you win and how can I unleash the warrior that is within you? 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. We're going to go there first and then we're going to go to the 16th chapter. But let me, let me identify uh, a few things for you. I, I started speaking a couple weeks ago about warriors. And then I, I took an off-ramp and I'm kind of coming back to the thought of warriors because I quoted for us a few weeks ago or preached from the narrative of Scripture from Psalm 144.1 where we bless the Lord because he's our rock, but he also teaches our hands to war and our fingers to fight. That was Psalm 144.1. But today I want to spend a little bit of time talking about unleashing the warrior within you. I want to help you win. You know, we, I make the statement, Jesus is exalted, the devil is defeated, and we don't lose. If Jesus is exalted, then the devil is defeated. And if the devil is defeated, then we don't lose. It's a simple progression. If I can exalt him above everything else, then it puts him above what I'm facing, which is adversarial, which means I don't lose. So you have to understand the means and the target of an adversary. Okay, this might be a little laborious uh, in, the, in, the, in the foundation, but it's important for us to get this because you have to understand that the enemy always has a method or a means. That's why the Bible said, be not ignorant of his devices that's because he has a means there's always something the adversary is using to get to you okay he always has a means in order to to do something you say why does he have a means why is he always doing that because he's identified something within you that is a threat to his prevailing nature the reason the adversary targets you is not because you go to church the adversary targets you because there's something within you through an assignment from God that is a tremendous threat to the welfare of Satan's kingdom. The threat that you are releases a method or a means against you. Here's what I want you to discover. Satan has always got a message. You say, well, you know, we could have went home. We had pretty good worship. We prayed with a few people. We could go home. Yes, but I have to empower you in the word because your enemy is preaching as well. Your enemy is preaching. He has a message. Now, Jesus called him the father of life. So if he's preaching, he's preaching untruth, which means he wants you to believe something that's not true. So it's my job today to help you understand or identify the means or the method or the message that the enemy's bringing against you. Anybody been in conflict this week? 
Okay, that was about half of you. How many has faced sudden or severe changes in the last seven days? Sudden or severe changes as it relates to relations, relationships, finances, health. Anybody been tempted in the last seven days? I didn't ask if you fell. I asked if you were tempted. I can't fix the fact that you fell until I get you to understand that you were tempted and that's why you fell. Oh, you didn't hear me. So opposition is a part of life, isn't it? I had opposition when I was a heathen. I just didn't view it as opposition. Now I've been born again for about 34 years, and guess what? I still face opposition. Last week was difficult for me. I faced discouragement. Anybody face discouragement last week? Anybody feel condemned? Not good enough. Not worthy not accepted, struggled with your identity, felt like your prayers weren't getting answered, felt like everybody's against you. How many had the gloom, despair, excessive misery? If I had not had any luck at all. Okay, y'all not here. Anybody battle your thoughts? Anybody have walkabout thoughts last week? Roundabout thoughts? Everywhere in Georgia there's a roundabout. We don't even have stop signs anymore. It's a roundabout. Why? Because we want to keep you moving. So do your thoughts. Your thoughts are roundabouts. Somewhere you're going to have to plant you a stop sign at the intersection of your life. And you're going to say, I stopped thinking thoughts like that. I stopped thinking I can't. I stopped the thought. you got to stop the roundabout mentality. That preach right there by itself. Anybody been pressured to quit? Anybody want to quit? So have I. What's the point? Anybody had that thought? What's the point? If I have one more person, excuse me, it's my soapbox. I haven't preached in two weeks other than Wednesday. So give me a moment. Give me some liberty to express my feelings. Here's how I really feel. If somebody tells me one more time that after November's election, things get better, I am not sure how I will respond. Well, you know, after the election, it'll get better. Do you realize there's a devil loose? Do you realize I'm in warfare and my enemy doesn't necessarily need an election to wage a war against me? I need to release this warrior in me. And I'm here today to unleash warriors. Do I have any warriors in the room? I said, do I have any warriors in this room? I'm not a warrior because I've been in battle. I'm not a warrior because I I felt like quitting this. I'm a warrior because I refuse to quit. I refuse to be condemned. I refuse to live faithless. I refused it. I got to read text. This happens to me all the time. Especially when I have to store stuff up. Verse 57. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God 
Well, that's shout right there. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through who? Don't ever forget who causes you to win. I give thanks to God because he knew I couldn't win without giving Jesus Christ to me. That's why I can't lose. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave is the same spirit on the inside of you. And if God gave his son See, if you don't get the elementary basics of this gospel, you'll always live subject to your emotions and your emotions are poor masters. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing What? That your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work. Why? Because you don't lose. Unleash the warrior in you that doesn't run every time it's difficult. Unleash the warrior in you that says, I'm not moving off what I'm doing. 16th chapter. That was just to whet your appetite called the appetizer. Now let's go to the 16th chapter. One verse of scripture. Because there's a battle cry that better come out of the belly of this church. Did you hear what I said? There has to be a battle cry out of the belly of this church. Because we have been positioned for such a time as this. It may be unique. It may be difficult. It may be trying. It may be challenging. It may feel like you're not making much progress. But we don't lose. You don't lose. Look at verse 13, 16th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. What we're facing as a nation, what you're facing individually, demands a response. I am tired of watching those whom I love go silent and allow an adversary to control the narrative over your life. I'm tired of sickness telling you who you are. I'm tired of relational discord telling you who you are. I'm tired of a condemning devil telling you who you are. We must rise up with a move of God in the belly of our spirit that says I'm about to unleash the warrior on you. I'm about to release the warrior in me. Say, I don't understand, Pastor. Why are you like that? Because I'm built for this battle. I've been formed by my failures. I don't deny I failed, but they don't define who I am. For my relationship with Jesus Christ makes me an overcomer.
persecution did nothing but prepare me to unleash the warrior. How many have been through something you didn't think you was coming out of? I mean, you were on life support. I mean, if it had been up to anybody else, they'd have put a toe tag on you. Huh? If it had been up to anybody else's interpretation, they said nothing good coming out of that. They're not ever going to rebound from that. They're never going to come out of no light at the end of the tunnel. They were wrong. They were wrong. They were wrong. There's something coming on the inside of your spirit. There's a warrior being released in your belly, and you're about to rise up in the midst of it and says, I'm still here. I'm still here. And since I'm here, I'm going to say a thing since I'm still here. Woo! (laughs) I've been built for this battle. Woo! You didn't understand. See, the assurance of victory in your life will make you an obnoxious Christian. This covenant that you and I are operating on under is irrevocable. This covenant we're operating under is irrevocable. It means hell's not strong enough to rip away this covenant of victory and triumph. Stop acting like your enemy is able to nullify a covenant that was sealed by the blood of the Lamb. Revelation says, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, I'm an overcomer. That's an irrevocable covenant. How would you live if you operated under an irrevocable covenant? How would you deal with your lying, twisting, manipulating devil if you were in a full assurance of an irrevocable covenant? How would you walk into your tomorrow? I hope everything goes okay today. But you know, I know the devil's just waiting to get me. I know, you know, I woke up late and I don't feel very good. And Man, them kids, Lord God, thank you for them, but they cry. They just drive me crazy, Lord. And I don't, you know, the boss don't like men. And the traffic. I thought all these people were quarantined. Now I'm late to work and the boss going to scream at me. Went to the vending machine and took my dollar. Say, Pastor, that sounded like last week. (laughs) Why is that? Because we all do the same thing. Right? As if for some reason the enemy can revoke this covenant of victory. Pray tell. The problems you had last week that beat you, slammed you, put you on your back, they didn't kill you. You say, but I didn't think I was going to make out, make myself out of it. I didn't think I was going to make it. I just saw my life coming to an end. It was over. They were already picking out my casket. It was over. And yet you're still here. 
Because the irrevocable covenant is sealed with blood, not your feelings. You didn't hear me. This irrevocable covenant, this covenant of victory that is given to me through Jesus Christ is not sealed by my emotions. It's not dictated by how I feel. It's not moved by somebody else's agreeing with me. It's based on this book and this covenant. So I have to come to the place in my life where I get me a backbone. Some say, well, why are you so fired up about it? Because when I read this book, it requires that I surrender this civilian mindset. Nevertheless, Galatians 2.20, nevertheless, not, come on, y'all live, not I live, but, but who liveth in me? Who's Christ, the hope of glory? Who's Christ, the unconquering warrior? That's why it says, nevertheless, not I live, but Christ liveth in me. Why? Because when Christ lives within me, the irrevocable covenant lives within me that says whatever comes my way, I can handle. Why? Because I've already defeated it. I've already brought it to open shame. I've already brought it down. You've got to change your walkabout. We have, begot, we have got to become the intentional warriors that release the warrior within us. You can't stand unless he helps you stand. Paul said, watch, stand, be brave. Everybody says, boy, I want to be that. Boy, I want to watch. I want to stand in my faith. I want to, I want to be brave. I want to be courageous. Then you better shift your mind. You better shift how you view your life. Because not everything, not everything is going to move just because you showed up and wiped the sleep out of your eye. I found out this week, the harder you push, the more you lean in. The more you become intentional in prayer, the more you begin to push the plate back and fast, the more you begin to call on his name to be above everything you're facing, you find that there is a recourse or a response from the adversary. Most of you found out this week that when we begin to fast and we begin to pray and we begin to push on things, you say, man, things begin to happen. Why? Because it's not peace time anymore. It's war time. The problem with the church is we've been seduced into this peacetime mentality. The enemy is just walking around devouring whomever because we're not at war. How much more are you going to have to face before you shift your mind from a peace mindset to a war mindset? Okay, y'all going to help me or not? I know there's some warriors in this house somewhere. <laughs> Let's break this down. Paul is closing out his writing at 1 Corinthians 16. Okay? You, you think when you come to the end of a salutation, you wouldn't drop a whole lot of word on them. But what Paul starts doing is he's releasing a strategy for them to be impactful and to unleash a warrior. Because when I begin to read this, y'all read that right? Watch, stand fast in your faith, be brave, be strong. 
When's the last time you woke up and said, Lord, I know there's a roaring lion seeking whom I may devour. Lord, let me see. Let me be watchful. Because I know there's an enemy trying to target me because I'm a threat. You can't live calloused and you sure can't live casual because there's a conflict somewhere in your future. You're going to have to deal with things that you didn't have to deal with last month because every day the sand passes through the hourglass of time. We're getting closer to a trumpet which means the, the peace mindset must be shifted to the war's mindset because we've got to get to the place where we are sober, we are vigilant, we're guarding our hearts. You've got to watch. You can't leave the back door unlocked anymore. You've got to lock down the thing. You've got to lock down your mind. You've got to lock down your household. You've got to lock down your children. If you don't know what your children are doing, I strongly implore you, you better start visiting their bedroom and you better start finding out what's going on and you better begin to investigate because the adversary is not warring on somebody else's porch. He's warring on your porch. And you better become diligent in this, watchful in this. Grandma, grandpa, if you have authority over your children or grandchildren, become watchful. Satan's not waiting till they graduate high school to seduce them. Pastor in Missouri. He's in the same network with us, City Harvest. Pastor Parsley. His sister pulled the book from the kindergarten class in Missouri. The kindergarten class had a book talking about family and home. I wanted to put it on the slides, but I didn't get time to give it to Tyler to get it done. It's on my phone because I took pictures of it. I showed it to Jada, showed it to Marsha and some others. In the kindergarten book of the public school system in Missouri, it has a picture of two mothers, two women together with their kid. And it talks about Lucy growing up with her mother and her second mother in the same house. The next page has two men together with Sammy and Sammy and the dog are sitting around the table and says, Sammy has had to, to deal with life this week as his father and his partner. You say, well, that's Missouri. It's in Georgia. It's in Cherokee County. Your children in kindergarten are being educated by a system that is introducing a lifestyle that has been deemed acceptable by culture but absolutely contrary to the kingdom of God. And the church has not been watchful at all. 
And so now your children are coming home in kindergarten. Say, explain to me why she has two mamas and that's okay. And why does he have two daddies and that's okay. What has happened to the home? Can I tell you, when we lose the warring spirit within us that says we don't lose, then we'll allow secular humanistic educational systems to propagate gospel of humanistic values that erodes the biblical mandates of the word of God. And the church is silent. And we're unmoved by it. Well, pastor, it's just the way things are. The way I see it, there's only two things I can do. Burn books or start a school. Well, pastor, can you just not talk about it? It doesn't remove the fact. We're so silent because we're afraid to say anything because of the repercussion and the fallout from people. I'm more afraid of him than I ever have been a man or humanity. And if you think I'm going to step away from this pulpit and be quiet, you don't know who I am because I'm trying to release the inner warrior in me that fights for a standard of the Bible that right now is not being accepted. Well, you know, just... Guard your heart, Pastor. Don't worry about somebody else's heart. They're my kids. Well, let's just accept it. We've been accepting, accommodating, and allowing for so long that now it doesn't even cause us to blush when we hear the numbers of children that are aborted every single day in this country. And it doesn't even cause us to be angry. It doesn't even move us because we're still trying to figure out how we can get through our day. We need to release and unleash the warrior within us that says this little battle I'm in doesn't even compare. What about that kindergarten student that doesn't have a mommy or a daddy who's prophesying over them how to live honorable to God? When are we going to be moved with the victory that doesn't sit down? When are we going to have a strategy to win and a call to action? When I walk in here and say, okay, we're going to start Vanguard Academy. To educate not just the kids at this house, but those parents who are looking for an alternative so that they don't have to raise their kids in a system that is populated and dominated by the left. And I'm not here to be political. I'm here to be biblical. And I'm not, a, I'm not somebody that's against everything, but there are some things we need to say something about. And I'm not an old school holiness preacher contrary to the way I look and appear. But there are some irrevocable standards that we better learn to stand. And I know this may not sound like your normal sermon, but somewhere we got to get a fight in our belly. Somewhere we got to say we're going to make a difference. Somewhere we've got to do more than complain. There are parents right now in this room that are educating their children at home and they're exhausted. 
because they've been forced to homeschool their children and they don't know the arithmetic. They don't understand proper grammar. And they'd love to have somebody educate their children in biblical standards all the while teaching them what they need to know about being able to be a great human being for the kingdom of God. I'm not giving up on that. I'm not giving up on it. I I don't know how and I don't know when, but I know this much. If I could get just a little bit. I mean, just somebody that said, Pastor, I'll go with you. We'll we'll do it. I don't know how we're going to do it. Look, we didn't know how we were going to start a church nine and a half years ago. We didn't have no money then. All we had was a dream. All we had was a dream. Five families in a dream. We were broke. We didn't have no money. Radio Shack equipment would sound good to us at that time and period in our life. Look at all this stuff we got. I mean, we got stuff beyond stuff. We give stuff away. Huh? We give stuff away. Now, what do you need? We go behind the wall, man. I can pull out a whole other sound system. What do you need? Why? Because God took a little dream. And he released plenty and abundance in it. And he caused us to have prosperous seasons. All I'm saying is, if you will unleash the warrior... You will watch. You'll be sober. You'll be vigilant. And you'll not allow the adversary to prevail on your watch. Not while you're on your watch. That's why Paul said watch. Then he said stand. Refuse to compromise is my translation. Refuse to compromise. Stand in the faith. Stand in the faith. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm going to stand. I make a resolution according to this book. I'm going to stand. I'm not wavering anymore. Somebody needs to make that confession in this room. I'm not wavering anymore. I'm not going in and out every time the wind blows. I'm not going to move. Steadfast, unmovable, always. I'm always abounding in the work of God. How many expect me to be in the pulpit today? How many? Listen, not a trick question. How many expected me to be in the pulpit, grabbing a Bible and a microphone, and screaming? See, your expectation for, was for me to do my assignment. Your expectation was for me to do what I was called to do and to release what God gave me so that you could benefit and grow from it. Has it ever dawned on you God's asking the same thing of you that you ask of me? want to go there with me because your expectation on me man I hope pastor prayed some of you walked in here on life support said man I hope God gave him a word because I need a word to fire my spirit because I don't think I can make it through Monday watch be be steadfast stand in the faith he says this very simply refuse to compromise in it but then he says be brave happened to us as Christians when did we stop thinking bold thoughts when did we become such cowards of culture what about Ephesians 3 21 
Now unto him who can do exceedingly. Okay, y'all, I got three people. Exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or think. Is that the Bible? Then where is the bravery? Where is your swag? Where is the confidence of the children of God that says, wait a minute. I've not only been watching, but I've been standing. If I'm watching and I'm standing, I can't help but be brave. And I'm going to be brave today. I'm going to be brave tomorrow. I'm not going to let the enemy see me sweat. I'm going to think the biggest thoughts I can ever think. Because God can do exceedingly. When did you stop praying bold prayers? Well, you know, I'm just not sure how it's going to work out. Read the book. Figure out how it's going to work out and then be brave. What if it don't work out? Not my problem to produce results. Not my job to produce the results. Not my job to figure out how things are healed. It's my job to stand on who healed it. Someone say, well, what if it don't work? Don't you lose confidence? Nope, it's not my reputation on the line. You come stand in front of me with a tumor, I'm going to declare your tumor dry up and wither according to the covenant of the living God. That's the end of my responsibility is to release my faith in an agreement with you. He is the healer. He is the great physician. And it's his reputation on the line to produce what he said he would produce. If that's brave to you, that's what he requires. Don't come praying for me and you not know what he can do. Right? I need some brave people in my life. I need some people that can dream dreams. I need some people in my life that say there's nothing impossible with God. I need some people that say, you know what? Whatever we believe, he can do. Where are those people in this room? Where are the people that say, my greatest days are ahead of me? I ain't seen nothing yet. I'm about to walk in my new anointing. I'm about to walk into my new provision. I'm about to walk into a new vision. I'm about to walk in. I'm going to think bold. I'm going to pray bold. I'm going to believe bold. And I'm going to be brave while I'm waiting. I'm not sweating today, devil. No, 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 no. You ain't going to get me. I'm not going to wring my hands. I'm not going to pace the floor. I'm not going to wear the carpet out in my living room. Pastor, I just ain't got it. That's because you don't understand covenant. Covenant is irrevocable. Somebody say that. Covenant is irrevocable. You got to get that in your spirit. Covenant is irrevocable. You know how many times Marsha been mad at me? Can I walk this out a little bit? Come on, y'all just, y'all like, I'm tired. I got to go home. You know how many times she been mad at me? Disappointed in me? Not that many. Calm down. But there's been a few times. Okay, I'm going to find another spouse, somebody else to argue with and fuss with. She never, never mind. You don't ever get mad at him. Look, I'm not even going to look, but if I was you, I'd elbow him till he wants to pray through. I better go back to us. 
You know how mad she can get at me and I can get mad at her? We call it differing of opinions. Do you want to preach? You get her talking and here we go. You know, when we were first married and immature, thought we knew what each other wanted for life, we'd get mad, slam doors running the other room. Right? Y'all remember when you first got married and y'all had that argument and you stomp off in the other room and slam the door? And you think, fine, I can do it without you. And then the whole time you're sitting in there, you're like, oh, man, this is awful. I feel terrible. I know I'm supposed to apologize, but I'm not. I ain't doing that. I'm a man. I ain't walking in there and apologize to that woman. That woman crazy. I ain't doing that, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on, y'all be real. And so, so, so we've been married now 32 years. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. I never, you know, one of these days we'll be the oldest in our congregation. One of these days. We kept saying when we were young, you know, we started pastoring at 21. So we kept saying one of these days we'll be the oldest in our church. I know. I love you, Donald. I I, I still got some years on me. I got some time. One of these days, we'll be the oldest. Maybe. But we've come to this understanding. We're really not going anywhere. Now, I've been pretty mad at her, and she's been pretty mad at me. Not this week. Security. We have a problem on row one. Orange top, cute one right there. We have a problem with her. Because our covenant now has duration. Covenant has some durability built in it. You follow what I'm saying? To understand an irrevocable covenant, you've got to walk with it a little while. See, when we were both immature... We both quit a lot of times going, fine, I didn't get my way. Now, if, if I don't get my way, I still lose. Because really, it's not about who gets the way. Because the truth is, I about discovered this. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, I potentially lose if we're not together. Well, that just helps somebody's marriage right there. Like, I'm glad you stayed married 32 years. I am too, because it's still good. I still love her. She still loves me. Now, I'm not saying there's not some days of intense fellowship. Because some days we think we're right. Some days I'm right. I said some days. Some days I'm right. Someday she's right. But our covenant can't be reversed because of our own emotional discord. I'm using us as an illustration to help you understand an irrevocable covenant with God. You can't say Jesus is exalted, the devil is defeated, and we don't lose until you understand an irrevocable covenant. The reason I read the 15th and 16th chapter from the Apostle Paul is I want you to understand this is irrevocable. This is an irrevocable covenant. He gave his life. 
so that I could have victory and triumph and be an overcomer. That means when I don't feel necessarily connected to Him, when I'm having an emotional moment, when the greeter didn't shake my hand, when they didn't sing my favorite worship song because I needed it to get me a little pick-me-up, I'm not going to view God through my emotion. I'm going to view my God through an irrevocable covenant through Jesus Christ. I'm not going to allow what I think to change my covenant. I'm not going to allow how I feel to change my covenant. I'm going to watch today whether I feel it or not. I'm going to stand today whether I feel it or not. I'm going to be brave today whether I feel brave today. Because this covenant is not moved by what I see, what I feel, what I taste, what I sense. This covenant is based on a rugged cross. A cross with a bleeding, sacrificial lamb being Jesus Christ. You want to know how we get hope back in America? We've got to release or unleash the warrior within us, being the resurrected Christ. They don't need to see me or a sermon. They need to see the unleashing of a warrior who's on the inside of me, who watches, who stands, who is brave. Your assignment is no different than mine. You understand I'm closing, which means... Something. Not because I'm done, because I promise you, I have a whole lot of stuff that I want to release. But for, for, for some reason in my spirit, I have a stop, a check right here. Because if you don't get those three things, you'll never love. He said, watch, stand fast in faith, be brave, be strong. That goes with that without saying, because I can do all things through. Who? Oh, so that's an irrevocable covenant. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Your strength, your bravery, your standing fast, your watching will, will release love. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. How many know you can't do anything if you're not watching, standing, being brave, or being strong? You want to know why the church is impotent? You know why the church struggles to have any influence in our community and our culture? Because we're not watching, we're not standing, we're not brave, and we're not strong. Thus, everything we do is not filled with love, it's filled with fear. So we're a reactionary church. We're reacting to everything instead of leading the way. We're reacting to books in our kindergarten's library. We're reacting after the fact when we should have been the one writing the books. We shouldn't be reacting to what we should have been leading. Y'all fight me on that. Y'all fight me on that. You're like, well, we, we can't lead everything. Why not? Why can't you lead the way? Say, well, I work for an employer. Good. Lead the way. Lead from among. 
Shift with them from among. Give them the values from among. Stand with me, please, please, please stand with me. I'm, don't, don't say I'm done. How can I release the love of a kingdom and the love of a king if I can't at least watch, stand fast in faith, be brave, and be strong now? Why would anybody want to follow us? Ask the question. Harold, why would anybody want to follow us as Christians? Why would you want to follow somebody who's not watching? Who's not alert to an adversary? Why would anybody want to follow a Christian who's not standing in faith, who cowers every time the intimidating spirit of the Antichrist shows up? Why would anybody want to be a part of this living, breathing church if there's not enough faith in the room to stand when it's uncomfortable? We have become weak kneed and jelly-backed. The church has become weak kneed and jelly-backed. We say we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, but our testimony is contrary to the covenant. Have I, have I upset you today? I didn't intend to. I'm trying to unleash some warriors within this room. I need some men and women, some moms and dads who will stand. Not moving off what I believe. Not changing it. I don't care what the diagnosis is. I don't care. I don't care what you say it is. Thank you for identifying it. Now I'm going to assault it with an uncompromised covenant. You call it what it is, I'll call it healed by the covenant of Christ. You call it incurable, I call the covenant to the courtroom and I annihilate it in Jesus' name. You choose how you live. I choose to believe God for great things and big things. Thank you for listening to this message from Five Stones Church. For more information, current events, and the latest news, connect with us online at fivestonesga.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Five Stones GA. We would love for you to be a part of a service here live. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. right here at 1358 Sixes Road in Canton, Georgia. Thank you again for partnering with us as we empower people and invade the culture.